This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Carly Albers and Casper Olasky talk about meeting on CatholicMatch.com. How does this website work? How does a relationship develop in person after meeting online? Well, let's find out. Carly and Casper are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Rick Binder. Carly Albers and Casper Orlowski, thank you for joining us this hour. Uh, would one of you like to lead us in an opening prayer, or would you want me to? I can? All mm-hmm. right. You're trusting me to keep it short? I, I am. All right. <laughs> Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of creating us in your likeness and image, creating us man and woman, that we may join together in holy matrimony, that we may come to know you through each other, that we can lead each other to you, and that through our witness of love here on earth as man and woman, we're a witness of your great love for us as God loves his creation. Thank you especially for the blessing of this young couple, Carly and Casper. Let their relationship be fruitful and bountiful and be a witness of your love for us on earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So I'm talking about you two as a couple because it's my understanding that there's some special things going on soon here. Yeah, we got engaged. You got engaged. We got engaged. All right, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very good. So congratulations. Thank Wendy, you so much. Is there a special little story behind the engagement? I, okay, so I was in the bridal party of my friend, now Brenna DeLobble and Joshua DeLobble. Uh-huh. Great young couple. Yeah, Great young couple. love them. And long story short, I kind of known that he was going to propose, but like I didn't know when, and he kept teasing me. So finally at night, like we're cleaning up the reception hall, and I'm like furious with him because I thought he was going to propose like at the reception and he never did (laughs) and so we're cleaning and uh, Brenna's mom comes up to me and is like oh hey like grandma left her inhaler at the church can you go get it and I was like of course I'll go get it and I didn't want him to come with me but he came with me to the church to go get it and we like walk in and I, you tell the rest of the story. Well, what she didn't know was that me, Brenna, and Kristen were all, you know, kind of scheming on a little plot to surprise her. Since, you know, this was the first time all friends were present. So the ring was set up in the church by the Divine Mercy image in the parish in Beloit. And, well, Brenna's mom, she was just trying to, you know, get us to go up there. It was, it was oh, oh. a little bit of... Yeah, so it was just, you know, a little, you know, bit of deception to get her there. And the surprise her problem was when we got to the church, she was so angry at me <laughs> because she thought I was going to propose at the reception that I couldn't get her to look at the Divine Mercy image. And I tried like four or five times. And at one point, I literally just grabbed her and it's like, Carly, woman, what is that? And I point at her and she's like, I don't know. So I'm frustrated at this point. I throw my keys into one of the pew. I come storming up to the Divine Mercy image, just talking to myself in Polish. And I grab the ring, turn around, and her face goes from, you know, 
bit steamy to oh <laughs> like, it was still red happened? but just a different yeah red, huh? i was like this okay. is how it's happening uh, yeah. <laughs> he's never, like what's that up there and i was like i don't know but it's uh, not an inhaler <laughs> like uh, we're here we're grandma's inhaler <laughs> i never thought of it that way i thought you know it's just you know great that it's polish and so am i okay well trust me uh, after many years of marriage divine mercy will be an important part yeah. <laughs> of true, the marriage. True so. story. All right. Very good. So Polish. Where yeah. are you from, Casper? Well, I was born in Poland, and when I was very young, my family actually had moved to New Jersey, where I actually had grown up and spent most of my life before moving out to Kansas back in May. So you did. You were actually born in Poland. Yeah. How old were you when your family came to the United States? Uh, I myself was two and a half. So you have very few recollections or memories of of. Living there? Of living there, yes, but because, you know, plane tickets weren't so expensive back in the day, my family did take many a trips to Poland, and I did become very familiar with the country. And a lot of family back there? and Mm, I'd say 60-70% of my family is still in Poland. Okay, very good. Well, welcome to Kansas from Poland through New Jersey out here. So you moved to Kansas in May. What inspired you to move to Kansas in May? Well, I had met Carly back in December, and, well, long distance is great, but, you know, if you actually want to live life with someone and discern your future together, you kind of need to be where the person is at. So you met her in December. How did you two meet? Uh, We actually met through Catholic Match, which... I'm finding is more and more of a common story among Catholic couples nowadays. <laughs> okay. So you met online, CatholicMatch.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Catholic Match. And I, I know a so good friend, Heidi mm-hmm. Verbis also. Um, so tell me a little bit about the process of how the two of you got signed up with Catholic Match and then how that happened. So I signed up like, oh gosh, forever ago, like at least like five-ish years ago. And I had been like off and on the site because um, I actually knew of like other couples who met their spouse on there. And I was like, well, I guess if it works for them, I may as well give it a try. But I had been off and on with it. And finally, like last year in September, I decided like this is the last time I'm going to sign up for this. Um, and after this, I'm not paying for it anymore. I'm kind of done. So I paid for like six months. Um, and then like fast forward to last year in December. Um, I was on that website and then this like kid from New Jersey messaged me and I was like, why is this guy messaging me from all the way up there? Like, ooh, let's see, let's see how this goes. So that's kind of like how we initially started talking anyway. Well, well, then on my side, I mean, back in New Jersey, I was a security guard. I had a lot of free time. So I was always listening to Catholic radio and it seemed over and over and over and over again I was getting commercials whenever I would turn on to sign up for Catholic Match, so I kind of took it as a sign from God that maybe it was trying to tell me something. And that was actually back in December, and then two weeks later I messaged Carly. And, you know, it's always interesting thinking like, well, she waited for five years and I waited for what, two weeks? Two weeks. <laughs> I got my money's worth. <laughs> well, all righty. Well, well, very good. So you, you both chose CatholicMatch.com. So it's very Catholic in nature how they a- approach this. I mean, or can anybody get on Catholic Match and it, it's just in name that they say Catholic Match? Or do you find that 
that was valuable to you because it did steer you towards somebody that has their roots in Catholicism and values their faith. It's kind of both. I mean, you can go on there and say, like, it asks you, like, what teachings of the church do you accept or deny? And so you can see, like, does somebody accept the teachings of, like, contraception or, like, the teachings of the Eucharist or, like, papal infallibility and stuff like that. So there's kind of everybody on it, but you can find people that are very intentionally Catholic on it by, like, filtering them out. So it does provide you that opportunity. Through Mm -hmm. the website, it asks the questions that you need to satisfy yourself you're meeting the right person. Yeah. So, like, when I did – he found me through a search, but when I would do, like, searching on there, I would filter out, like, they have to say yes to all the teachings of the church. I didn't really give any leeway in that because I didn't – this might sound selfish, but I don't want to waste my time with it. Sure. And I know what your faith means to you, and I know a little bit about your story, but why don't you share a little bit? You didn't grow up as a cradle Catholic. No. You converted to the faith. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. And then I think that even led to you spent a time working in the Diocese of Dodge City Mm -hmm. ministry Mm -hmm. and everything. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I didn't grow up Catholic. My dad is like a fallen away Catholic, and my mom doesn't really practice anything. So I pretty much grew up like agnostic and not baptized by anything but i always wanted to believe in god but i could never like allow myself to believe in him because i just didn't have enough evidence and so um i went to college at fort hayes and got in a relationship with a guy who uh was like searching for his catholic faith on a deeper level and he was like pretty obnoxious about it (laughs) so i was like well you don't know why you believe in that like catholicism is stupid and we would argue like a lot about it and so one day i decided like i'm really tired of arguing i'm just gonna like study up on your faith and then i'll find the flaws in it and we can move on with our lives well i did that and then i was proven wrong (laughs) so i was like oh shoot i have to be catholic now like everything i'm finding is true everything like there's evidence for the existence of god and so when i was 21 i entered the church was like baptized confirmation first communion the whole kit and caboodle so been catholic for about five years now and all in ever since yeah all in ever since (laughs) yeah that's wonderful yeah Um, so casper you grew up primarily in new jersey you poland for a couple of years but uh, what was it like growing up in new jersey and catholic roots i mean your family very catholic or well i mean poland is known for being catholic i believe at one point, it was like 95% of the nation was Catholic, and my family was included in that. But the problem with that, it seems to be hard for these past generations to stay within the church. And I grew up very much in the faith. My family would go to church every Sunday, every holy day. My parents, you know, had put in our house all the, you know, religious typical Catholic religious symbolism. We had crucifixes in multiple rooms. We had the house blessed by a priest every year. But two problems eventually emerged. And one was with me and my little brother, they never really taught us about the faith and kind of, I guess, left it up to the CCD teachers to teach us. And then the other problem being the more my family found I guess you could say worldly success, the more comfortable we became, the less our faith mattered. And it really started to peter off, after, peter off 
whatever the saying is, after I received my first communion, and then by the time I went to confirmation, we really stopped going to Sunday church, like Sunday mass regularly. We barely saw the inside of a church until my brother had to go for his confirmation. And at that point, my I know my brother didn't believe, and I was agnostic bordering on believing nothing. And that carried into my college years, and I really dropped from the faith completely, just believing in complete relativism until one of my ex-girlfriends said after you know many, many failures in that relationship that I should go back to church and find a relationship with God. Well, she was Protestant, but the only church I ever knew was the Catholic Church. And I went half-heartedly to Sunday Mass one day, and I left with just this newfound faith. I couldn't explain it at the time, and I really can't explain it other than at that moment, I think God knew that he could work through the priest and work through all the sacraments to bring me back into the church. And eventually, not just through that, but through listening to Catholic radio, through finding you know, Thomas Aquinas and all the Catholic intellectuals, I went from being a complete relativist and not believing in really anything to believing in the whole truth of the Catholic Church. And it really was quite a journey. Has that spilled over and had an impact on your immediate family, your parents, your brother? You know, I wish it did, but I often think that it has very little impact. I think my mom started going to church more once I came back to the faith, but I think that might also be just me trying to see some good in a very bad situation. Well, we'll place that in God's hands and trust. God yeah. can work through all kinds of ways, mm -hmm. and who knows how that might work. Yeah. And, you know, the two of you being engaged and, and celebrating a Catholic wedding and maybe family being there and witnessing that, it'll stir something within them. Because those seeds are there. They're there. Mm -hmm. And, that, you know, your story of the family growing up Catholic but then drifting away, <clears throat> you know, that's not an uncommon story at all. That's actually the norm anymore. That's the story. You two met online, catholicmatch.com. How long did it take before you – so December. Yeah. How long before you actually met in person? Um, well, we started talking December 20th. That's when he initially messaged me. Mm -hmm. And then... Not that you remember specifics of exact... <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No. I don't have it on my Google <laughs> Calendar at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he messaged me on the 20th. And then we messaged back and forth on the website for like maybe six days or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I'm a very like get to the point type of person. I don't like to beat around the bush. <laughs> so I was like, hey, like, right. here's my phone number. If you want to call, like, I prefer phone calls. Uh, and then we set up a time to talk on the phone. Our first phone conversation was two hours. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And then the next Nothing one was like real. four hours. And like in a period of about two or three days, we talked for probably 14 or 16 hours. Yeah, yeah it just like blew my mind. I don't mm. usually like people that much. So he just very much took me by surprise mm. <laughs> by how much I actually like enjoyed talking to him. Did her Western Kansas accent throw you off at all? You know, kind of. But just from, you know, 
hearing her reaction to my voice, I've lost my Jersey accent a lot, but I used to have a lot thicker one. Hearing her reaction to my accent was actually kind of funny. I was like, your accent is so thick. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm only in the accent. And he's like, you pronounce or pronounce every letter in the word. <laughs> I was I'm like, from yeah. Jersey. What do you want from me? Yeah, so, okay. But then after that, uh, I, we were talking and I was just like, so when do you want to come visit? And he's like, when do you want me to come and visit? And I was like, well, I'm I'm leaving my job from Junction City and moving to Dodge. Like at the end of January, you could come fly in to Kansas City and like come with me as I'm moving down. And then you could fly out of Dodge. And so it was the end of January that he flew in. So about mm-hmm. a month later. Okay. So. Uh, you mean the end of January? Yeah. yeah. So you met him at the airport? I did. I, in person, I met him at the first time in the airport. And it wasn't one of those awkward moments where you were like, get out of the way, I'm looking for somebody. No, because <laughs> okay. the Kansas City airport is so small. Okay. So it was, it you was picked him out right away. Yeah, okay. you can see him walking off the plane. You see, I didn't, I didn't even expect that. I'm used to airports back in New Jersey and New York where, you know, you get off the plane and you walk five hours to the actual exits. I thought, you know, I was going to get a chance, like, oh, maybe there's a store open along the way, I can buy our flowers. No, no, <laughs> right out there, like, so, no, no way of surprising. <laughs> okay, very good. So, December 20th, first internet first interaction, connection. yeah. Interaction, December 26th, first voice mm-hmm. conversation that lasted 16 hours. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <so>. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you met in January physically, saw mm-hmm. each other, and mm-hmm. got to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And then you had to go back, go back to work. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Got so. to fly out of Dodge Airport for the first time. <laughs> Which at that point, I'm like, yeah. am I going to survive to see her another time? Yeah. <laughs> So this is January, and May is when you moved out here. So four months of a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. What were the challenges of keeping that relationship strong and moving forward? I think for me, a lot of it was like I wanted to, I don't, I wanted to like intentionally discern with him. And there are just some things. It's like you could talk about it all you want, but there's a certain level of action that comes with it. So like. It's like, yeah, how is he going to, like, interact with me when we're together and say we have a disagreement about something? Because how you handle a disagreement on the phone is much different than how you probably would in person. Like, I can't I can't just, like, I don't know, if you get mad, it's like, yeah, you could hang up, but you're probably not going to. Or Whereas in real life, it's like, well, I may just, like, walk away, depending on how angry you are, you know? So I just, like, wanted to, like intentionally discern with him like as he was here with me because his actions to me say more than words do but that's just like what kind of person I am so that was probably the most difficult thing for me so yeah very much I I do think that and that's why I think social technology is such a danger it can be a great thing right but we don't see the physical reaction we don't see the facial expressions we don't hear the tone in the voice right you can get the tone in the voice a little bit on the phone but being physically present to somebody is so critical in a relationship right so. you're you're nonverbal i was a communications major in college so it's like your nonverbal communication says more so much more than what you actually say did you ever go to New Jersey to visit him? I did. I went over Easter. Okay. Since my family doesn't really celebrate it. And uh, so he came in January and then he visited me again at the end of February. 
and then we spent all of Lent apart. Not intentionally, it just worked out that way. And it was Such like the, long Lent. It was the <laughs> longest Lent ever. <laughs> the rest of us, it was 40 days for you guys. It was four years. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so then I flew to I flew to New York actually, and he got me in New York. So and then I spent Easter with him, mm-hmm. and then the next time it was okay. I'm flying out there, and we're driving across the country to move him to Kansas. So. Okay. Uh, okay, did you get to meet his family? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and were they welcoming and receptive? Mm-hmm. And Yes, they have very thick Polish accents. So okay. Yeah, she got yeah. to meet my very Polish family. She got to go to Mass at my church with the very Italian priests. And she got to hear everyone's New Jersey accent for the first time and know that I'm not faking. May, you got to move here. Now, did that create new challenges? Because February and January, February and Easter you could go home but now it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) now i'm stuck here now now this is for real Mm -hmm. did that create any challenges the moving from new jersey i mean there are things i miss like mountains and the ocean which you know i would have to drive what eight ten twelve hours to find here but you know aside from my family there's not much i miss about new jersey i always joke that you know, she's from Kansas, her roots are set here, and I'm from Jersey. Nothing could get me to stay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Defy Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more about meeting on CatholicMatch.com with Carly Albers and Casper Olasky. One body, stewarding God's creation. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Meeting on CatholicMatch.com. With Carly Albers and Casper Olaski. Rick Binder is conducting the interview. Talking to great young couple here, Carly Albers and Mr. Casper Orlowski. Orlowski, yes. Orlowski. Yes. Orlowski. All right. Um, from Poland via New Jersey. <laughs> made a brief stopover. How many years were you in New Jersey? Let's see. I moved to New Jersey when I was two and a half. I left when I was just a few days short of 24, so... Yeah, we'll go with... two years. Yeah, about 21 and a half, 22 uh, years. I okay. actually left New Jersey the 17th year that my family was living in the house that we were living in, so... Okay. It kind of felt right in a way. Okay, very good. Welcome again to Kansas. Carly and Casper have some great news. Got engaged in a really special special way but <laughs> with a few glitches <laughs> yeah but uh, all right so you had some challenges you finally moved here in may and created a few maybe not necessarily challenges but had to figure that out yeah and sort through all of that because you know not being able to go home and be a thousand or so miles away 1500 miles away right but um, so you continued to discern and court each other, if you will. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like? When he finally moved here? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's been interesting. So he moved to Dodge, and just to even like get him to Dodge was kind of a 
a little bit of a struggle because we thought, oh, well, he'll get a job first and then he'll move out here. Well, that just wasn't happening. And so by four months, we were just like, okay, we're tired of doing this. Like, let's just go ahead and make the move and we'll figure it out when you get here. And so he moved to Dodge, ended up getting an apartment in the same complex that I live in, ironically enough. Across the hall. And a lot of our friends live in the same complex, too. So (laughs) it's like a little Catholic dormitory almost. The biggest thing we try to figure out is, like, how do we both manage conflict? Because we're both very stubborn. I had never noticed that about you before. Never. (laughs) And so it's like, how do yeah, it's like, how do we deal with that conflict now that we're actually in person and we both have these very stubborn tendencies? And so that's still kind of a work in progress. But we went to um, Catholic Engaged Encounter and we went in the Wichita Diocese and they gave us a lot of really good tools to figure that out or help us with it. So and that's extremely important. And I will tell you again, I, I love my wife dearly, but. That process of figuring out how to deal with challenges or conflicts or whatever's going on in life is an ongoing thing. Right. It's going to be a lifetime thing. Yeah. And the commitment is to we're going to work through this versus Mm -hmm. what happens if we run into one we can't. Yeah. So have you set a date? We have. We're getting married April 18th. So the Saturday after Easter. Oh. Here in Hayes, America by oh. Father Brian Logger. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to you. That And I know he takes that seriously. And so April 18th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's a great weekend. That's that's Divine Mercy weekend, is it not? Mm-hmm. It is. Huh. How appropriate. you. Uh, another thing I never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's kind of uh, ironic about it is so it's so Divine Mercy Sunday is on the 19th. So on the 19th, six years ago, is when I entered the church, you know, like my baptism day and all that, too. So, so it would be like our wedding day and then Catholic birthday and all that. So, You guys live in the same apartment complex. Yep. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, the world would say, well, what's the matter with you two? Why don't you just live in the same apartment? Mm-hmm. And so the challenges in this culture, in this society of staying true to the teachings of our faith and what Christ taught us and what he wants our marriage to be become very difficult. How have you two faced those challenges? How have you dealt with that? What has that meant to you? I think just like upholding the dignity of marriage has been very difficult because like at least like where I work, I've had that question a lot because they're like, oh, well, he he lives with you, right? I'm like, no, he doesn't live with me. He lives very close to me, but he does not live with me. And just understanding it's like I so when I was dating the last guy, um, I actually was living with him at the time before I came into the church. And it was just like this level of like, well, I can I can be around you and I can use you as I want, but I don't actually have to commit to you. It's like we can we can act like we're husband and wife without making the legitimate commitment of it. And I have no skin in the game. So then when things get hard, I can just up and leave and it's totally fine, which is in a roundabout way what ended up happening. But yeah, it just like created a a culture of like objectifying each other. And so it made the relationship very toxic. Um, and so I learned, I learned a ton from that relationship and that relationship brought a lot of good in my life, but it was through like a lot of suffering that it did that. So when he moved here, I was very adamant. I was like, you're not, I'm lucky I have a roommate too, but I was like, you're not living with me. Like been there, done that. I going to do it again. Mm-hmm. But there, there are times where it gets difficult because if we, 
like stay up too late in the night, it's it's very easy just to be like, well, you could just stay here on the couch and it'll be fine. But it's like, no, like the marriage is so much, it's worth so much more than that. And like, it's a foundation for like how we want our family to be and what we, like we shouldn't do anything we wouldn't like expect our children to do. It's like, well, they can only learn if they like model after us, so. Yeah, and it becomes a slippery slope. It's late, we're tired, you can just sleep on the couch. Yeah, and you start making a lot of exceptions. Right. It's like your spouse is not an exception. Right, and but, the line keeps moving a little bit. Yeah. And before you know it, it's... Yeah, So exactly. Yeah, very good. Casper, how about you? Well, I mean, I do find a lot of people, you know, especially with the living apart, questioning it. I mean, I spend most of my day at school working in you know the shop among guys who were you know in very uh how to say mechanics aren't known for their you know chasteness of words so a lot of them really questioned very sharply why i'm not living with her or they'll say oh you're not sleeping with her and i'm like no why like I mean, we're not living together, even though that opportunity was there. And they just look at me with weird eyes. It's like, man, you crazy. (laughs) I'm just, I take that opportunity and I'm just say, God, okay. If if you want to speak through me and through my actions and do, then please do so now. Help me explain why this is the right thing to do, the right way of doing things. And I don't know if I am reaching anyone. I don't know if it's taking root, but at least I can say that I'm letting God speak through me in these situations where it's being so strongly questioned why I'm following the church's teachings. And I believe you are reaching someone, whether they will admit that or not. Mm-hmm. At least it's causing them to slow down and take a look at themselves and question. Mm-hmm. And they may not admit that, but sooner or later that witness those seeds will take root Mm -hmm. and thank you very much for that commitment to that and to honoring that anything else we're going to have a couple more questions but just in the actual meeting up dating relationship any challenges with remaining chaste within the relationship virtuous yeah i mean we both like had chastity issues in regards to like previous relationships so breaking those kinds of habits have been like present in the relationship. But I will say I, I've never been with someone who had a desire for the virtue of chastity as much as he has. And so that, that actually makes it a lot easier when I also know that like he's going to like help carry the burden with me where it's like, okay, we both know that we stink at this, but we both know that we both want better for ourselves. So that, that has made all the difference, I think. Not perfect, but it, it definitely helps tremendously. So, okay, very good. So, who's your saint? Uh, which one? Because I have several. Okay, so oh, share with me, Casper. So, well, you know, the question that I have here is, how have the saints played a role in your lives and especially in your relationship here? So, I thought maybe each of you had your own saint, but tell me, who well, are these saints and how have they played a role? Well, we there's one interesting story that I do quite love, and that's when I came back to the church. You know. I went to Mass, and I was always attracted 
to sit to this one in this one seat right next to the statue of a saint that I didn't know and I know a few few things from my growing up it's like okay he's got a little flame over his head that means he was a Pentecost which means probably an apostle uh, you know he's carrying a stick so maybe he did a lot of walking he's got a big Jesus <laughs> coin <laughs> a lot, maybe he did a lot of these walking. are my thoughts back then I kind of look back and I'm like wow I knew so little but I remember one after one you know mass I knelt down like next to the like next to the statue and I'm like I don't know who you are but I got a feeling I'm really gonna need your prayers in my life and in my future and I go home and I decide to look it up and I type in like the best description I have of this saint and it pops up Saint Jude oh that's awesome what he's one of the apostles what, what is he the patron saint of desperate causes and hopeless cases <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like God are you telling me something <laughs> but you know so you know I become very devoted to Saint Jude I have a prayer card of his on me at all time I have I've read the Epistle of Jude multiple times, and then when I meet Carly, you know, one of our, you know, extremely long conversations, we got on, you know, the topic of, like, discerning in the past, and she mentioned that at one point, she asked God, it's like, okay, who's my saint for, like, I need, like, who's my saint for, you know, my future spouse, who is my intercessor in my vocation, and for her, St. Jude kept popping up. He kept popping up, and I was just like, oh, what is he the patron of? What? Really? Lost causes? Seriously? Uh-uh. Never mind. <laughs> and I, like, dismissed it after that. I didn't pay any attention. He definitely, like, kept popping up, but I was just like, whatever, my husband's not a lost cause. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so it was really funny in that regard. <laughs> Man. Well, it's been like that with many of saints in our lives. Yeah, for me, like, when I was, um, like, when I came into the church, I had, like, broken up with the guy that I was with and stuff, and I was around at the, the campus center at Fort Hayes, and there was just a lot of people discerning a lot of different things, and I was introduced to people who were discerning religious life, and actually one of my roommates ended up entering religious life, and so for about a year and a half, like I very intensely discerned that because I was like, oh, like I could be married to Jesus. Who doesn't want to be married to Jesus? That'd be awesome. And I like would go visit sisters and stuff. And finally, at that point in time, St. Teresa Avila popped up a lot in my life and she would not leave me alone. And it was really, really annoying. And so finally I went to visit the Marian sisters in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I went on the weekend of St. Teresa of Avila's feast day. And I was kneeling there and we were in adoration. And I was getting really frustrated because I desired like the radical lifestyle of religious. I desired the simplicity of their life and the prayerfulness of their life. But for some reason there wasn't like any peace with it, but I kept like going after it as if God would like change his mind or something. And so I was kneeling there in adoration and I was like, Jesus, what do you want from me? Like, just tell me. And I got this very overwhelming, like, wave of peace that hit me. And I could just very clearly hear him say, like, I have been calling you to marriage. Why do you keep resisting me? And, like, ever since then, I just, I didn't go after a religious life anymore. I just left it. I was like, okay, you're right. So I definitely, like, attributed St. Teresa of Avila to that because it happened, like, on her feast day. And then fast forward, I'm talking to him and 
I'm like kind of telling him the story, but before I could end it, he's like, oh, my parish is St. Teresa's. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it is. I was like, oh, this is too weird. I, oh, ooh. So. So very much. So God said, listen, I'm calling you to married life. I've got a lost cause out here. Yeah, basically. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need you to rescue. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. You're a tremendous young man. I can see that in your smile and in your eyes and in your heart. And welcome to this part of the world, but most importantly, welcome you to the sacrament of marriage soon. I pray for you two. We're out of time. We're going to cut off the air here in a second, cool. but I will be praying for both of you. God bless you both. I will tell you, Casper, thank you both. What a great witness of, of faith and trust in God bringing you the right person. And you will be great witnesses of marriage to this world. Thank you. Thank you both. So let's close with prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to bring glory to the world through the union of this couple as we pray together. Glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this week's One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you have a comment about today's show, please go to dvmercy.com and click on the One Body icon. The comment button is in the middle of the page. Also, if you can help us purchase equipment for the new station in Salina, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. A stylish Morning Glory mug will be yours for a 250 or more donation to this equipment project. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio, 88.1 KBDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Band, and very soon, KDJM 101.7 in Salina. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body. God's creation.